World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I'm having some audio problems today. It's on my end. Down there in my multi-million dollar studio, I've got a machine that runs in the background so kind of keeps me from hopefully it'll stop here in a second uh, this is the day the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it we have been the last couple of days having some technical issues with google i'd like to move off of google anyway i don't know how we figure out a way to do that we talked about it before uh i don't want to i don't want to support google in any way shape or form but uh we'll, hey we'll do the best we can to move on good news about our granddaughter thank you for all those who prayed that uh Scarlett's out of intensive care, got her mask off. Gigi's on the way. Grandma's on the way over there, even right now, to sit with her, hoping she's going to get out of there today. And, uh, you know, I'm going to dig deep for you this morning here, you know. A lot of of us uh, deal with a lot of issues. Jeff Klein, your granddaughter better? Betty? She's doing great. Good. Betty, your husband better? Yes, he is. We all walk through these things, don't we? We all we all have these things, and it's one of the, in my opinion, one of the hardest things. Okay, let me let me back up a second because I'm going I'm going to lay the I'm going to lay the foundation, and then I'm going to make some announcements here, right? Why would you if you were to if you were to go to somebody if you were to open up a shed? No, that's not the right word. If you were to go to a local fair, and you were going to set up a, a, a Bible stand. Or if you were going to sell a product, let's let's put it that way. So you're going to go to a flea market and you're going to set up a flea market. And you were going to market the gospel to people. What would be your slogan? I would get it. See, I would, I would, I would get a weight loss pill because it helped me lose weight. If I was marketing a, Fountain of Youth, I would, I would market. Hey, you want to drink this? Because it's gonna make you young. If I had a uh, indigestion problem, I would market a pill that says, "Hey, this will take away your indigestion." If I have a headache problem, say, "Hey, take this pill; it'll get rid of your headache." If I have a COVID problem, I'd say, "Here, put on your mask and cram it up somebody's hind end and hide for six, six years." What, whatever it is, I would be marketing something that others would want to buy. And I wonder if we really sat down and really, really thought about it. How would you market the gospel? If you were going to go out, this is what we're going to talk about today. If you were going to go out and you were going to set up a stand at your local flea market, how would you market it? What would you tell them the gospel is going to do for And can I tell you, 
I don't think the average Christian could tell you. Oh, they'd say something about heaven and hell. And uh, well, I'm come to Jesus. He'll bless your life. I mean, we, we could. There's a lot of stuff that you could put on your billboard. In fact, we see that, don't we? We see, as the Bible says, men are merchandising the, the people, the merchant. They're, they're selling the gospel to people. You know that, don't you? They're selling the gospel. And they want you to come to their they want you to come to their tent because they have a better pill than the guy across the street. Now, the guy across the street, he's selling the same medicine, but his medicine is in a little different form. And you may not like it because that one over there would be bitter. But you come here to ours, and our pill tastes a lot better. Because if you get our pill, then this is going to happen, and this is going to – how would you market the gospel? And I really believe at the bottom of the whole thing is we don't understand the gospel. And I'm going to get into that a little bit here this morning. And for some of you, it's going to be a little bit of a review because if you've been with us for show number 1,890, is that what it is, 92, something, some unbelievable number today. Some of you have probably heard it, but I think it's, I think it's worth repeating because there's, there's a world out there that is so profoundly lost and they have no idea what the gospel is about. I think it was Tim Tubra said a couple I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that the average person has never led anybody to the Lord. Really wouldn't have any idea how to do it. In fact, probably for the most part, don't even share the gospel outside of their church. Maybe in their family, but certainly not with their neighbors. Certainly not publicly. Some do. Huh? Jeff Klein carries it with him everywhere he goes. Mike Blake, they take the gospel to the streets. And we have to come to the realization that it's a war, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is conflict, folks. It's conflict. And it's conflict in a lot of different ways. And I'm going to try to open those up to you a little bit here this morning as we get rolling. And as you know, uh, I don't know the truth. I'm, can I tell you? I know this Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth, if you know it, will make you free. But I know some truth. I don't know all of it. But I know some truth, and I know some lies. And I think if you become, the more intimate you become with God, the more you, the more you get to know the Holy Spirit, I think that little beeper goes off in your head when you hear a falsehood. It does to me anyway. It does to me. And if you go ask the uh, average person, just the average guy walking down the street, what the gospel of, of, uh, of what the gospel is, I don't, I don't think they can tell you. Can I tell you something else? I don't think the average Christian could tell you. I think the average Christian would probably tell you that the gospel is about uh, receiving Jesus and being forgiven of your sins and living a good life. That's about the depth of where it goes. And so much more than that. I'm going to dive into that in a second. Let me let me do a little bit of a uh, uh, what's it? What would that be? Let me do a little bit of uh, homework now. Uh, anyway, let me let, give me give me a second. I'm going to be on with John Diamond today at nine o'clock. He and I always have a good back and forth. So if you're sitting around, and don't have anything to do, I'll be on with John Diamond at nine o'clock. Uh, let's. <clears throat> we're working on something. I don't. Um, we have a lot of good folks doing a lot of good things. We do. We really, really do. Maybe I'll do a show here. Uh, maybe we'll do a show here in the next few days. Will, will you come on and tell what you're doing? 
I think it I think it encourages others to hear it. And we all know that uh, uh, excuse me, great works become begin with little works, faithfulness. I'm gonna talk about some of that. Please, excuse me, what are the hiccups? <clears throat> the annual event's coming up June 9, 10, 11. And we're about halfway to break even more. And I know more of you are going to come. In other words, I'd sleep a little bit better if we got, we, we're, we got about uh, 50 signed up. I know it's a lot of money. I know that. Give you all your food, uh, tent, porta potties, fellowship. And even some of you out there that could, Maybe can't go. Maybe you could buy buy a ticket for somebody else because we are, we hear from people all the time. Would like to go, and so yeah, I just can't I just can't afford it, coach. So some of you out there that would like to go but can't go, maybe you could maybe you could sponsor somebody and let them come as well. We want we want to have uh, we're expecting over a hundred and we're sitting at about. I think Gary keeps track that I think we're sitting probably about fifty, maybe sixty right now. We're about a month away, right? No, five three weeks away. So jump in there, get that done for us. Uh, JR and Mel, I tried to get JR in here yesterday. I didn't give him much notice, so I take the I take the fall for that responsibility for it. But JR and Mel and the the um, Christian, I'm sorry, the um, Liberty Action Network uh, is really working on a really really good plan. I think JR is really onto something. The Natural Family Month, Mother's Day to Father's Day, and I think we ought to try to help JR launch that. I know he's been working at it. JR, whose real name is Jim Harrison. Jim and I go way back. I mean, way back to when I was doing terrestrial radio here in Columbus, Ohio. Terrestrial means real radio. Uh, JR just showed up. I, I don't know. It was a buddy of Mark Harrington showed up, and then he started coming in about every Saturday, did the show with me. And he's launched off, and he's doing his own show. And uh, it's on Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock. And uh, Natural Family, Nat- Natural Family Foundation, Natural Family Strong, I believe is his website. And uh, I think this is I think this is of the Lord. Why, folks, why why are all the deviants, all the minorities, why are all the deviants getting all the days and all the months? And, and Jr.'s been hammering me for for a while, Coach. Natural family, let's have a natural family month. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. I just I don't want to copy what the devil does. But I think I think I think he's right. I think he's right. Because we're in a war, and uh, something just distract my words aren't in sync. I don't know what's going on with her. If we're not in sync here, I don't know what's going on. Sorry. We're in a war, and a war has offensive majors, majors, and it has defensive majors. But really, for the most part, the, a war has no respite. In other words, there's really not very much rest in war, not if you're really, really in war. The word tells us that we cry peace, peace when there is no peace. And it's coming back to what the gospel is all about, which I'm going to get into. Uh, uh, He said, if if you're having a hard time, refresh on your end. If if you're coming through choppy, refresh and come back in and join. So I want to talk about that today because I don't think most people who go to church really even understand what what the church church is all about. Okay. Before I get into it, I'm going to get into it real quickly here. All right. Tom Renz, pull that up for me. Uh, Spencer, folks, go watch this video. I watched it yesterday. And by the way, our buddy Tom Renz is really starting to make some headway. He was on with Dr. Drew yesterday. Dr. Drew. 
Tom Renz was on with Dr. Drew talking about the murder. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that Dr. Drew would have him on. He did. And Tom does an hour interview with Mike Adams here. So it's, it's pretty daggone good. There's somebody we ought to be praying for and ought to be supporting. It's that guy right there. He is laying it on the line every day, every day. And plus, I love the shirt he's wearing. It says Fauci for Gitmo. Fauci for Gitmo. <laughs> that's Tom, that's Tom Renz's shirt. So, uh, I, uh, I try to help you all get as, uh, See as many things as you possibly can. I know that you come here, you always get my opinion on it. But I want you to know we are we're advancing the kingdom. We oh, I heard that word. We are winning. We are going to win. No, 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 no. Here and now. We're gonna see it here and now. All right. Okay, let me let me um let me dive in here. Anybody have anything for the good of the group before I get in here? Any announcements or anything? You can go ahead and jump in there right now because I'm gonna. Although, although we've gone over it before, I'm going to go over it again, all right? <clears throat> uh, most of you out there can say the Lord's Prayer, can't you? I think you can. Pull that up here, Spence, if you can't. So, Coach, where would I find that? Just pull up the Lord's Prayer. Well, I, didn't get, I didn't, get, didn't send you a link on that. Our Father, here it is. They call it the Lord's Prayer because the Lord taught and said, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. Say, okay, do, do it like this. Now, whether he meant to say the words over and over and over, whether he meant us to, whether he meant for this to be rote memory or not, I, I could argue that the Catholics have made made the Lord's Prayer pretty important. And uh, so let, let's just let's just go down here a minute, and I want you to see if you can the focus of the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to say anything. We're going to read the Lord's Prayer, and I want to ask you. Again, we're talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? Sharing the gospel, okay? Our Father, which art in heaven. I always thought that was funny. Why would it be which art? Wouldn't it be who art? Or is it, he's not really a who, he's more of a witch. He's a, he's a thing. He's, a, he's an entity. He's a whatever. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, hallowed be honored. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. Please don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if we were to read that again, you would see that the very central focus of the Lord's Prayer is... Kingdom. The kingdom. You see that? And do you, do you see that he differentiates kingdom from heaven? You see that? Our Father, which art in heaven. God's in heaven. Right? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Not you come. Not you come. Your kingdom come. And if your kingdom comes, your will will be done on earth, just like it is where you are. And so because of that, we're waiting on your kingdom to come. In the midst of it, please give us food to eat every day and forgive us for the things that we've done are wrong and help us forgive those who've done wrong things to us 
and keep us out of temptation and please deliver us from evil. Why? For yours is the kingdom. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What's the kingdom? What's the kingdom? Hmm. I pulled up a little note here. I got this morning a little. In, yeah, pull that up there. I came across this today. Friends, this is going to, if you stay with me a second, this is going to be a blessing to you. When I got this revelation, my life changed. Look, are you looking at me? Ultimately, we're not going to heaven. Heaven's coming to us. And you, you, you got to grasp that, friends. You have to grasp that. Amen. The kingdom of God is within. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you that, okay? So Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say heaven. Seek first heaven. Just get saved and sit around and wait to go to heaven. Is that what it is? That it? Is that what it is? Lord, you want me to get you saved me. Now you just want me to sit here and wait for the rapture? Huh? Seek first the kingdom of God, that's spiritual, and his righteousness, spiritual. Righteousness is right standing with God. And all these things, physical things, will be added unto you. Look, (laughs) money isn't magic. Money isn't magic. God just doesn't create money and drop it out of the sky. There are laws regarding money. There's laws regarding stuff like that. All those other things are going to be added unto you. But can you, would you be honest with me? That in, for the most part in the church today, we get saved. And then what do we look, what do we look for? All these things. We go searching all these things. Because why? Because God wants you to be blessed, they tell us. Highly favored. I agree with all that stuff. I agree with that. But can I tell you what? The church is not teaching us to seek the kingdom of God. The church is teaching us to what? To get stuff from the kingdom of God. Anybody picking that up yet? This is the first mention of the Bible, in the Bible, of the phrase, the kingdom of God. Did you know that the phrase, the kingdom of God, appears 70 times in the New Testament? Not heaven. Not heaven. The kingdom of God. 70 times only in the New Testament. The kingdom of God is the spiritual, righteous, holy, invisible kingdom that the Bible tells us comes without observation. You cannot see it because why? The kingdom of God is where? Where is the kingdom of God? Class, where is the kingdom of God? Here. Within. within. It's within. It's invisible. And the kingdom of God is a set of rules and regulations and principles by which you can live your life here now connected to the kingdom of God, which we mistakenly call heaven. 
Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, physical, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's a spiritual thing. The gospel must be in you. The spirit of God must be in you. The kingdom has everything to do with the church and the people who are part of this kingdom. It's not about denominationalism and dividing them, whether you're a Mormon or whether you're a Jehovah's Witness or whether you're a Catholic or whether you're a Baptist or whether you're a Lutheran or whether you're a Church of God or non-denation. No, 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 no. When, when, when the kingdom comes, you don't all go to your, own, to your own classrooms. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, Amen. peace, and joy. What if you could market that? What if you, what if you had a pill for righteousness, peace, and joy. You say, Coach, what are you talking about? Well, because the Bible says in this world, you will have tribulation. (laughs) You will. Why? Because it's part of living in this fallen world. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? Why would you be of good cheer? Why? Why? Because he's overcome the world. God has overcome the world. He he didn't. He didn't say all your problems are going to be going away. (laughs) No, you got victory over them. Why? Because the kingdom of God's within within you. The kingdom of God is an attitude. It is a spirit. It is a connection beyond making it possible for you to thrive in this fallen natural world. Up up till here, the only kingdom mentioned in the Bible is the kingdom of heaven. And that phrase appears 32 times only in the book of Matthew, which was a strictly Jewish gospel, declaring that Lord Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews. Matthew was trying to uh, take a little poetic license here. Matthew was trying to explain to the Jews a kingdom. So he called it the kingdom of heaven rather than the kingdom of God. This kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, has nothing to do with the church. That was was a Jewish expression. Sorry. The two kingdoms aren't the same. The kingdom of heaven is a Jewish kingdom that can be seen. In other words, Jerusalem in control, everything under that natural kingdom. It's a literal, physical, visible, literal government with Jewish kings sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem. And the Lord Jesus will reign from there during the millennium. But right now, the kingdom of the kingdom of God is within us. It's within us. It's what gave me joy yesterday. When my little granddaughter was wrapped up with that mask on, looking like hell, I had this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Why? Because I'm connected to another kingdom. The kingdom Amen. within me. Amen within me that says no matter what happens around me God's in control it's okay I'm going to move forward because look 
We're just passing through here anyway. And our job is to do what? Our job is to set up a stand and market the kingdom of God that people will have righteousness, peace, and joy in the, in the Holy Ghost. And Lord, we make the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we make Christianity salvation about going to heaven. And salvation brings heaven down. We have it backwards. The kingdom of, is, the kingdom of God is not where you're going. It's where you already are. You're already there. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Let's do it. But if you don't understand it, why do bad things happen to good people? (laughs) It's life, dude. It's life. It's life. And what and and we don't get it, and we're trying to sh- we're trying to share people with people the gospel without even explaining what the kingdom's all about. Pull up uh, uh, the next to last one for me, Spence. Look, look, friends. When I do research in the morning, I have to. I want you to know this. I don't agree with everything, every, every uh, article. I don't agree with everything everybody says. I can, I can pick here and there. I don't agree with everything Donald Trump says. I don't agree with everything my pastor says, okay? So as, as you begin to, as, as I go down through this here real quickly, I want you to understand, I don't agree with all of it. But this gives a pretty good flavor. Do you understand the kingdom of God is within us, that that's my connection to the heavenly realm. And because I'm connected to the heavenly realm, through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is inside me. I'm supposed to go into all the world and teach them to observe all I've commanded you. I'm supposed to do what he's given to me and give it to others. But we don't know how to market it. So we get smoke machines and nice music and uh, we drop Easter eggs on Sunday mornings. When, when, when we just say, hey, folks, you want, you want righteousness, peace, and joy? You want righteousness, peace, and joy? You, uh, you like the fact that your life screwed up? You like getting drunk every night and uh, uh, crossing the middle line and having a wreck and ended up in jail? You like, you like living like that, do you? You like getting up every day and smoking dope? You like that, do you? You like going out every day and working to the bone and not having any time to do anything because, <laughs> hell, life's a, life's, a, life's a bitch, baby. Yeah, yeah, you like that? Well, life's a bitch for me sometimes, too, but I got righteousness, peace, and joy. I just I just keep swimming on through it. This, too, will pass. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. So what? So my attitude in the midst of the storm reflects what I'm connected to. That's why Jesus said, boy, this is really good. Somebody ought to be recording this. Jesus told you to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Why? Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the kingdom of God. You're in a natural world filled with the kingdom of God. And understand that bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. But what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do all things myself, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because I'm connected to the kingdom of God. There's righteousness, peace, and joy right there. Everything I need is right there. Everything I need is that my, is that my yeah, yeah, but sometimes you're going to be heartbroken. Sometimes you're going to be, yeah. Bad things going to happen. Why? Because you're passing through a natural, physical life. 
and you are subject to physical things. And if we would understand Ecclesiastes 7, pull that up there real quickly, Spencer. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 1. A good name is better than precious ornament and the day of death than the day of one's birth. I'm just going to pause there and think about that a second. We grieve when somebody dies. But if a believer dies, that's that's better than any day they ever lived. That's better than any day where they ever where they ever won the lottery. It's better than any day where they ever got their first home. It's better than any day where they ever got married. It's better than any day when they ever saw their grandson's Score a touchdown. It's better than any day ever, the day of your the day of your birth. Why? Because then you are really out of this meat suit, really connected to the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Then you're really, really connected to it. But in the meantime, because the Lord knew that as one of his children, you're going to have to navigate your way through this natural world, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he that was with you is going to be in you. And no matter what happens, you're going to be able to make it through. And eventually there's going to be a good, a great getting up morning, and you're going to pass from the kingdom of, oh, my goodness, huh? But see, we aren't able to successfully do that because we made the gospel about us. It's about us. You want to be a Christian? Oh, you want to do all your problems? Go away, come be a Christian. I, I, I can name for you right now three, three people that I know in my life who we uh, we led them to Christ. We led them to Christ. True conversion of Jesus. Darkness unto light. And within three months, they were gone. No longer walking in the kingdom. All because of calamity that came upon them. And they'd been taught that if you come to Christ, all your problems will disappear. Anybody, somebody give me a thumbs up. Amen. Amen. And so quickly after salvation, the first thing the devil did or whoever, whatever it is, he sent a flood, man. He sent a flood. And they didn't have on a life vest. They saw one. They knew what a life vest looked like. And they got measured for one. But they didn't really ever have an understanding of exactly what had happened. Pull that up there for me again. That website, please. Good name. The day of one's death. Better than the day of one's death. So what is the kingdom of God? Give me just a few moments. Scroll on down, Spence. Some good, some good stuff in there. Some of it you can throw out. Kingdom of God's mentioned throughout the Old Testament. In fact, the phrase King of God's used over 70 times. 70 times in the New Testament. The kingdom of God. 70 times. Why would he be talking about the kingdom of God if it wasn't important? And it's about 30 times in Matthew. So as a Christian, it's essential to understand the meaning behind this phrase, which is often confusing for many Christians and non-Christians. For the kingdom of God is not a matter not meat or drink. We just read that, right? Not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Would you like to have joy? Would you like to have joy and peace? I had joy and peace as I watched my little granddaughter sit there with that, that pap machine on, forcing that air down the throat. I had joy. Can't explain it. So let's look at the original Greek and Hebrew meaning of the phrase. See what it says. So what's the original meaning of kingdom of God? Scroll on down for me. Thanks. Okay. Well, uh, from the coming of Jesus Christ to begin the kingdom, begin the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is within. 
Jesus said, the kingdom has come. King, huh? Oh, boy. The kingdom of God is mentioned in the scripture in several different ways. Throughout the Old Testament, the Ayata. In Matthew, it's referred to as the kingdom of Christ and God. In the Ephesians, it refers to the kingdom of David. In Mark, it refers to the kingdom. In Matthew, it refers to the kingdom of heaven. And even though these words aren't exactly the same, all scriptures embody the same concept with different aspects. Here are the three things that the kingdom of God means. Y'all be taking notes, Betty. Just kidding, Betty. Just kidding. The kingdom of God is the rule of Christ on heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. Kingdom of God. He's in charge of both places. Number two. The blessing and advantages that flow from from living under Christ's rule. Hey, are you looking at me? The world would be better if everyone got married and stayed married. The world would be better if uh, mothers and fathers weren't gambling and drinking and taking drugs. The world, everybody agree with me on that? Everybody agree with me? Well, because they don't know what it is. They're looking for the blessings and advantages that flow from from the world. I can get more money and more stuff and more things. In fact, the church preaches that. And number three, the subject of the kingdom or the church. We populate the kingdom right here and right now. Folks, you don't go to church. We are the church. We are the kingdom. We are advancing the kingdom. Not your denomination. Will you stop, when people ask you what religion you are, will you stop identifying as a denomination? Will you stop it already? Because that's part of it. Keep on going down, Spence. I'm going to let you all get in here in a minute. Just how important was the understanding of the kingdom of God? John the Baptist uses it as he called for repent, for the kingdom is near. Jesus Christ himself not only said the kingdom of God is near, he said repent and believe. Believe in what? The kingdom of God. How do you believe the kingdom of God? You don't even know what it is. But he also used it when teaching his disciples how to pray, thy kingdom come. In the Beatitudes, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Wow. Why does Matthew use kingdom of God? Well, it means different. it's interchangeable. Go on down. That's not really that important. It reflects the dominion. Not everyone. Oh, 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 Christians, you ready? Hey, Randall, you ready? Mike, you ready? Robert, Betty, Myra, Clay, Joanne. Not everyone says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven? No, no, no. He'll enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father. In other words, the kingdom of God only comes to you if you accept the principles. If you operate in the principles of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost flood your life. No matter what the situation you are in, the world, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, right? You overcome it, right? Doesn't protect you from bad things happening. Doesn't do any of that. It's the knowledge 
that the kingdom is within you and the kingdom is ever expanding no matter what happens. And you look around and you see people who walk away from their faith. They're a casualty in the spiritual war and they walk away from their faith because nobody told them what it was about. Matthew chapter five says, blessed are the poor in spirit, poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Folks, not going to heaven. The kingdom's come. This will be done. Where? On earth. <laughs> oh, I want, I want to run. Matthew talks about the breakthrough of the kingdom and the arrival of Jesus in his incarnation. He announces the kingdom, coming of the kingdom at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. At the end of the book of Matthew, he speaks about the final consummation of the coming of that kingdom in the Olivet Discourse. See, it's all going to end up in the millennial reign. Dudes, we're going to be here. We're not going to be in here. We're not going to be in heaven. The kingdom's coming here. He said, it says what? Huh? He's going to reign until what? Can anybody anybody finish that phrase for me? That Jesus Christ is going to reign until, until. He's made his enemies his footstool. He's made his enemies his footstool. Are you kidding me? He has enemies? And he's going to rule and he's going to reign till every one of those foes are defeated. Folks, we could, we serve a conquering king, man. We don't serve a faraway king. We serve a king who dwells within us. I could go on. Put this in chat so you can follow along with your own. Huh? He said, kingdom of God is not with observation. You don't see it. No. You feel it. Huh? You feel it. If you feel it. You walk in it. Right now, right here, today. My kingdom is not of this world. But he's in this world. He says, my kingdom's not of this world. He said, I'm going to go away. Because when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be in you. Instead of being with you, he's going to be in you. And you and I together Almighty God says, you and I, we're going to conquer dudes. <laughs> we're, go- we're going to kick some butt, the two of us together. That's what he says. And he says, coach, not only are the two of us together going to kick some butt, I'm going to, I'm going to bring along Clay. I'm going to bring along Mike Blake, and I'm going to, I'm going to, find, I'm going to find others out there. And we're, listen, even though you don't know it, coach, while you're over there doing, your, doing whatever that you're doing, old Clay's out doing what he's doing because I'm empowering him too. And Mark Trump's down there, he's doing what? Because I'm empowering him to do. Ohio Brett, why he's clear out in Texas because I'm, I'm empowering him too. And so the Lord is, is, has multifaceted like bumblebees expanding the kingdom of God. And what do we do? We go on Sunday morning, sit in the church, listen to a sermon, say hi to people we don't even know, go home, drink beer, and watch a football game. You know what I'm saying, man? Amen. We have no understanding. We have no understanding of what happened to us when we got born again. We have no understanding of it. Can I tell you what else? Pastors don't know it either. They can't tell you. Man, it's good. You can call me an apostate. You can call me whatever you want to. I told all of you this. Anybody's heard my testimony? I told them this. When I received Christ, 
when I walked away from that altar, I was a brand new guy. I knew it. I felt it. I didn't understand it. And I explain it to people this way, that it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. When I received the Holy Spirit of God, I became a brand new creature. I'm sorry if you haven't. But God's no respecters of persons. And if he would give me that Holy Spirit experience, he'd give it to you too. In fact, he wants it to. In fact, he said, pray for it, would you? Pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Huh? Spirit is within you. Um, look around America. I'm going to open it up here, man. You look around America. As I said the other day, our problems would go away if we just talked six commandments. If we made six commandments the law and enforced those six commandments, we can't even do that. Why? Because most of us don't understand. See, most of us think we're going to a kingdom. (laughs) We're just surviving here, and we're going to a kingdom. Now, the kingdom is already here. It's within us. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. Where is that? That's in Romans. I want you to see it so you don't think I'm lying to you. Go back up, Spencer. He said, don't come with observation. Quit looking for it. Romans what? There, There it is. Uh, Romans yeah. uh, 17 and 18, 14, 17. Yeah, Romans 14. 17. Romans 14, just click on it. Just click on that, Spence. That should work. Even though they'll give us some sissy Bible. For the kingdom of God, whoa. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. The kingdom of God is of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. But if you're a good old Baptist boy, they don't really believe in the Holy Ghost. They believe those gifts ceased. Am I t- am I true? And huh? Am I telling am I telling the truth? Anybody want to argue with me? Does a Baptist do you, do you, we see when I went to church last uh, two weeks ago for that wedding, the Catholic Church? They spoke of the Holy Ghost, but he went in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. And you walk in most churches today. They talk about the Holy Ghost, but he isn't there. He isn't there. And the Holy Ghost is only in those who've been born again of the Spirit of God. We exchanged the breath of God for the new breath of God. He became a brand new creature. And so brand new that the Bible says that you're peculiar. Nobody wants to be around you. And Jesus said, yeah. Not only that, dude, they're going to hate you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're going to hate you. Why? Why, Lord? Why are they going to hate me? Hate you? Why are they going to hate me, Lord? Because they hated me. They hated me first. Wow. I pray you can can grasp this. Doesn't mean that things don't bother me. Doesn't mean I don't get sad. Doesn't mean I don't have moments where I want to just go stick my head under water and hold it till I can't breathe anymore. Doesn't mean we all have those moments. Those moments are fleeting. And you look around and you get mad at family members. Well, they don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't get it. The Bible says natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit 
Neither can he. He can't. It's a foreign language. What breaks my heart is a lot of you go to church and you don't know the language either. You've been taught religion, not the kingdom. Gospel of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. The kingdom of God is within. Pull that up for me. Where is that? The kingdom doesn't come with observation. It comes, it's within. How how much clearer can he be? And then people say, well, coach, we shouldn't be going around trying to to, uh, take care of the seven mountains of religion and politics and education. Lord, coach, we shouldn't be doing that. What the hell are you talking about? That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be expanding the kingdom everywhere we go. And when the and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, the Pharisees, when you know it, huh? When he was de- when he was demanded of the six foot icicle standing in the pulpit of when the kingdom of God should come, he said that, uh, "Hey, dude, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. You can't see the kingdom of God, dude." Hang on, where am I? He said, "Neither say they." Oh, oh, they look, there it is. There, I got healing services going over there. Look, over there. Oh, ah. No, no, no. He said, dude, look, no, no. Kingdom of God's within you. Vinny. Vinny. The kingdom of God is within you. Boom. Boom. How many of you have been taught that in your Presbyterian church? No Vinny today. <laughs> Sorry, Vinny. Julie, come on in. Let's get ready. I'll shut up here. Hey, that's in the throne room right there, boys and girls. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. When you were talking about the kingdom of heaven, <clears throat> it brought me to Matthew um, 13, 47. I'm in the um, Jewish Bible. Um, it says, once more, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the lake. That caught all kinds of fish. Julie, where, where are you? Where are you? I'm sorry. I'm in the Hebrew Bible. I don't care. Just give me the scripture. Okay. Um, 1347. Of what? Of Matthew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Matthew 1347? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Once more, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the lake that caught all kinds of fish. Wow. (laughs) You get it? Do you get it? Wow. The kingdom's everywhere throughout the Bible. When When you start looking at the Bible through kingdom eyes, you'll see a whole different gospel. See, that's why that's why I struggle so much. Or people struggle with me so much because they think I'm trying to bring the, trying to bring uh, God rule here on earth. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's what we're supposed to do. Yes, yeah. Clay, come on. Well, while you're right there, if you go to Matthew 13, 31 and thirty-two, uh, Jesus is is using several parables here about the kingdom, and in thirty-one. Verse 31 and 32, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed 
that the man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of the seeds, but when it has grown, it has become larger than all the other garden plants. And uh, so this is something that has been sown and it started off small and it's growing. It's in the process of growing to be a huge kingdom. Amen. <laughs> what? Boom. Another parable spake he unto and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in the three measures of the meal till the whole was leavened. You get it? She just had a little bit of the gospel, just a little bit of the kingdom, and the bread rose, right? Right? And I just saw Janine just said something that's pretty profound, right? The seize the world. The nets to catch the fish. Right? <laughs> he said, hey, throw your net on the other side, dude. Throw it on the other side. Try something different, will you? Uh, Jeff. Coach, a couple months ago, Pastor Bill had a message there in the garage. And most of the people got it, but there was a few new ones that didn't. And he said, you know what? In the 21st century, these churchgoers are not Christian. They're religious people. And man, you ought to see that look on people's face. A couple of people are like, what? He was telling them they're not Christian. Then the other night on Tuesday, he was going on about how you just don't see the prophets anymore. They, they're not out there. But then he ended up in Ezekiel, the watchman on the wall. And he hammered that about being the watchman on the wall. It was great. We had a good night. But that's it. Come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. That's why I say, listen, some of you folks, I'm not anti-church. Hear me, I'm not anti-church. You start it. You are the church. You do it. Do you, if, you've been, if you've been part of this, whatever this thing is, for any length of time, can I tell you, you're light years ahead of most people. You can do it. You can do it. You can get a script. Look, here's how, here's how I prepare in the morning. I said, Lord, what is it you would like me to talk about today? And the Holy Spirit, which is in me, will say to me, well, coach, uh, they need uh, a little lesson on the kingdom. Okay. So I go to my computer and I begin to ask questions about the kingdom. Then 15 things pop up and I say, oh, that's good. And I grab that. and You can can do that. You can do that. But you have to also understand that when you do that, you are going to find some error. You're going to find some error because nobody has all the truth. That's why it gives us denominations. We all think we know it all and we're missing it all. Some of the most lost people I know are Baptists. Sorry. Sorry. Some most lost I know are Baptists. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Baptists. Coach. I'll I love Baptists. Go ahead. Okay. Can we, uh, a couple things real quick. Can we go to Webster's and look up kingdom? And then we're going to look up dominion. And then we're going to look up king. Just go through this real quick. Okay. Okay. So. Kingdom? Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have, it's basically going to have the king domain, the territory or country uh, subject to a king, an undivided territory. Uh, under the, the, the dominion of the king, or, um, I'm sorry, uh, or, or monarch, foreign, okay. Uh, the Bernie, Catholic, I'm, the I'm under his dominion. King, the natural I'm under his dominion. Right. I'm under his Pardon? dominion right now, Bernie. Right, that's right, right. In scripture, the government or useful 
universal dominion of God. I mean, this is his domain where, where he rules. The kingdom of God comes when we're walking in obedience. Let's go yeah. to dominion real quick. Okay. The sovereign and supreme authority or power of government, right? right. God's supreme power to direct, control, to use or dispose at pleasure, all right, accountable as a private instance. So God can direct and dis dispose of that. Um, now let's go to, let's go to, um, let's go to King real quick. King. Now, there's some things, but if you if you go down under number one, uh, right before number two, it says kings will be tyrants from policy when subjects are rebels from principle. Wow. Think wow. about how we've become rebels. It's it's us. We're getting tyrants because we're not obeying God. Amen. Amen. Well okay. done. Well said. Yep. 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 He's the king of the kings, right? He's the king of the kings. Right. Right. But it, it's it's we're getting we're we're not under tyranny because of the tyrants. We're, we're under tyrants because we won't obey God. Amen. We invited them. Amen. Because they don't Another, understand the king. They don't understand the kingdom. And, and real, real quick, I was just reading this article off the Alphabetia, talking about how how you know about God by reading the Bible, but you know God by obeying Him. Knowing you 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 need both, but yeah. So, anyways, I'll I'll send you an article on it. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bernie. Amen. Amen. Hey, can I tell you this? Sometimes this kingdom, the kingdom of God, will bring you in conflict with the kingdom of the world. Remember what they said? Remember what the Pharisees said? We will not have this man rule over us. So it's a ba battle between kingdom rule and man rule. That's the battle before us. And you're all going to be faced at some point when the government's going to tell you to do something that violates your con conscience, and you're going to have to do what Martin Luther said. Here I stand. I can do no more. I will not comply. I will not and cannot comply. Those two kingdoms are in conflict. Dale. Hallelujah, brother. You know, a lot of those things you were just talking about with the scriptures, it was always the parable. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. But when you read Matthew, right, chapter 16, 9, brother, there's no parable there. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever wow. you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose. What is it that he came to do to destroy the works of darkness? And what did he do? He bound devils and what he loosed and set people free. He's given us those keys, brother, to be what he was here on the earth. What? Mm -hmm. to crush kingdoms underneath our feet, too. Right. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach them to observe all I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And he said in Mark chapter 16, first, before all that, he said, go cast out devils. <laughs> go cast out the devil, brother. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right? Huh? These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what he says. Is he a liar? Is he a liar? Because, hey, sorry, Baptists will tell you, speaking in a new tongue ceased. He put, an end to, he put an end to that. Jesus did. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Pull, pull that up there, because some of you think I'm lying to you. These signs, I don't know where it is. Come on, be quick. Mark Somebody will find it. These signs shall follow those who believe. Mark chapter 16, I believe it's around 
19 somewhere now. <clears throat> Maybe there's power in that. I don't know. And these signs, uh, where are they? And these signs, verse 17, shall follow those that believe. Do you believe? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Wow, that's a medical system maybe, huh? And if they drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt them. And they're going to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Wow. That's either true or he's a liar. Neil, come on in. Coach, your teaching on the kingdom of God this morning makes me think of the game we played when we were kids called Tag. You're it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Tag, you're it. You're it. Your turn now. Hey, here's a good thing. Tag, you're it. And if you die, you got promoted. Do we think that way? Do we think that way? Do you know that martyrs get crowns? Do you, do you know that? We fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight to hang on to this world when you can't really do anything about it. And you are just passing through as an ambassador to expand the kingdom, that his kingdom will come. You're going to tread on scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And you're worried about dying? Dude, you're going to die. In fact, you're dead already. You're already dead. The life I now live, I live by the grace of the God who died and gave himself. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live in. Where is that? Come on, man. Folks, they've been lying to us in church. I'm sorry. They've been doing it on purpose. They just repeated what Pastor Timmy Toes told them 80 years ago. Because Pastor Timmy Toes got, oh, well. Tracy, come on in. Janine, come on in. You cracked me up, Coach Timmy Toes. But anyway, as usual, great message. But I just had a real quick announcement. Um, If anybody feels like trekking over to Guernsey County the next four days, we have a local coffee shop that's putting on a big tent revival. Um, I'm going because when I walked into this coffee shop about a month ago, they had an appeal to heaven flag hanging on their wall, and I'm intrigued. So I'm going to separate the men from the boys tonight when I go by wearing truth sounds like hate, Coach Dave, shirt. <laughs> That'll separate who's fake and who's true. Uh-huh. I want to see the reaction I get from that the back of that shirt. But if anybody feels it's next four days, Thursday, Friday, um, at 7 o'clock in the evening and Saturday and Sunday at 11 in the morning. Amen. Tracy, take your tambourine. Take Put the address in the chat. Hey, by the way, uh, Tracy, I just think about Janine, I'll get you in here, promise. Just a second. Lord says he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Somebody help me out here. Aren't they in the same pen? Aren't the sheep and the goats in the same pen? I think. Yep, you just like the wheat and tares, and which ones does it remove yeah, first? you can't which tell which one's the real deal and which one isn't. Janine. Um, if you could play that thing I just posted, it was from Vinny last week, and it would be just wonderful to end your show that way. A little boy showing Jesus in every book of the Bible. If you could get Spencer to play that, it's Pick powerful. That, it's up there, it's in the chat. 
That's all right. Do it. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, he is our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. Jeremiah, he is our righteous branch. In Lamentations, he is our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in life's fiery furnace. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, Revive thy works in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened up in the house of David for sin and uncleanliness. And in Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. In John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he is the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he is the rock of all deserve. In 2 Corinthians, he is the triumphant one, giving victory. In Galatians, he is your liberty. He set you free. In Ephesians, he is the head of the church. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Colossians, he is your completeness. In 1 and 2 Thessalonians, he is your hope. In 1 Timothy, he is your faith. In 2 Timothy, he is your stability. In Philemon, he is your benefactor. In Titus, he is truth. In Hebrews, he is your perfection. In James, he is the power behind your faith. In 1 Peter, he is your example. In 2 Peter, he is your purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he is your pattern. In 3 John, he is your motivation. In Jude, he is the foundation of your faith. In Revelation, he is your coming king. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and he's pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him and the leaders can't ignore him. Hair couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The New Age can't replace him. And Oprah can't explain him away. He is life, love, longevity, and more. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness, and God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging, and his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life.
Amen. The kingdom of God is within you. See you tomorrow.